0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I am Shelby, your host, and today I'm joined by Anne-Marie and Cheryl from Untamed Artistry. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting topics today, so stay tuned and let's get started. Hello, ladies. Hey.
1: Hi, Shelby. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for, for having this. us.
0: Yes, of course. Um, so Anne-Marie drove in this morning from Houston and Cheryl, you are, where are you right now? Actually?
1: I'm in Vancouver,
0: Vancouver. Okay. But you mm-hmm. are actually going to be moving to the States and then still am. To- are you? <laughs> when? So
1: you're probably going to see me sometime in October, November.
0: Are you moving to Texas?
1: I'm moving to Austin? Yeah.
0: gosh so we had talked about that and then i think you guys were like you weren't going to move to austin and and now
1: yeah we were looking at houses and then the real estate market was crazy at the time um but then after we left we weren't able to find anything better so we've decided austin to give austin like a real try
0: yeah you will love it it is it's a great city i
1: know i do love it i just don't love the real estate prices there But I love the city.
0: Yeah, property taxes too. But um, I know. So is Untamed headquarters, are you guys going to move everything or is it just you guys moving?
1: Uh, Just me and my husband and our new baby at the time. uh, When by then I would be like, I think two months postpartum. That's what we're planning.
0: How far along are you right now?
1: I am 30 weeks.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. Is it getting uncomfortable?
1: yeah it's entering that phase now it's entering the discomfort phase
0: yeah yeah um it just you know gets a little gets a little worse but hang in there (laughs) okay Uh, so it'll be
1: all worth it yeah Yeah.
0: for sure um so I want to start with how you two started working together. Marie. you had started building a name for yourself. And I feel like um, I feel like I'm starting to see a trend of people like working together or going in to work for like a strong company versus let me start another yet another lash brand. Right. Um, so tell me about how this came about, who reached out to who first. So yeah. Should I go? Yeah. I was like,
1: okay.
2: Cheryl reached out well, to me because so I'm there.
1: the, um, you know, shameless one and it was me. I make the first move. Funny enough. <laughs> I don't often, I don't make first move in anything in my life except in business, just because, um, then business, I feel like when I have full conviction in something, then I am fearless. So I came across Emory, like A year before I launched a brand, and that's when I found someone who was as nerdy, if not nerdier than me, about (laughs) adhesive. And I kind of, you know, been the person who really wanted to understand adhesive because it had caused a lot of problem in my career, to a point where I almost lost my career. And then to a, and then it was the thing that built my career, being the person who really understood retention and really nailed it and understand the he said. So coming across Emery was kind of like meeting someone who was so similar to me. And I also saw through my interaction with her in social media, her generosity in giving away information and knowledge, the way she writes her blogs, the way she interacts with her audience made me felt like, um, can you guys hear that in the background?
0: Yeah, what (laughs) is that?
1: It's my doggy. He has. He's sick.
2: Oh, oh, poor thing. Oh, poor pickle.
1: <laughs> I know. He's so sick. He. I think he has like the kennel cough or something like that. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. We're taking him to the doggy emergency. Well, Phil's gonna take him to a doggy emergency. So sad. Oh my god. <laughs> this is how he's sleeping. He's like sleeping on a little tiny oh, pillow by himself.
2: Poor baby. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay. Anyways, I'm back. <laughs>
2: There's oh, like this, like breaks wheezing. my heart every time I'm hearing him call. Mm.
1: Anyways, um, so when I met someone like, so when I came across Anne-Marie's content and the way that she was presenting herself in industry, I felt like that was someone who's so like-minded. So I kind of just like you know, found my way into her DM, found my way into her life, and that was when I was planning to launch UA. And then, when I launched the product line at the time, um, I had reached out to her, asked her for some feedback, and then got to know her a little bit more of her background as well, her background in the corporate side in the lash industry, and like you know, her knowledge about the industry and her knowledge about like salon managing and all of that, all of which was super impressive at the time. So I just remember um, talking to her on the phone. I still remember this. It was like, I think it was like November. It was right after I launched product line, And I was walking around my neighborhood, talking to Emery on the phone. And I just remember myself asking the question of like, would you ever consider working for a brand? And what, is, what would it take for me to get you to work for me? <laughs> <laughs> and then the time... I was still like solo running the business um, with the help of my husband and I didn't have the resources or the the company wasn't at a capacity where it needs help yet, but I already had like my eyes on the prize. (laughs) (laughs) So I was pretty sure that she's somebody who I wanted to work with. So yeah, I think I had my eyes on the prize very early on and knew that this is somebody who i wanted to work with because of the value that she shares and the knowledge that you know she has and then fast forward to may 2021 i believe yeah something like that yeah it was actually today so funny enough yeah. is emory's <laughs> one year anniversary at Untamed Artistry.
2: That's so cool. It flew by too, like so fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So one year ago um, today, she started officially working for UA, but it was a really long conversation that we've had. And it was around like April, March um, last year that I was going through a very severe period of like mental health stuff. You know, I was extremely burnt out. From you know, running the company, I was experiencing like depressions and all of that. I was at a point where I was going to just give up this business that I've put a lot of my heart and soul into, not because it wasn't profitable, not because it wasn't a great business, um, that we had this amazing community, but it was because... I was, didn't have the mental capacity to continue the journey of you know running the company on my own with very little help. And then at that time I opened up the conversation with Emery and I didn't even know that. Funny enough, it's like, I think that this experience has taught me that if you wanted something bad enough you will make it happen. And it has to make sense for both parties as well. It wasn't just something I wanted bad enough. I hope, like I can't speak for Emory, but I think, you know, she also believed that that was a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right, Emory?
2: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because if you look at the circumstances of the time, she was actually just signed a new lease to her new studio. It was like a bigger studio as well. She was planning to expand her business. Um, and I just thought my dream was Not gonna happen, you know. She has her own thing. And I've always been a strong believer of you know, not holding someone back if they wanted something you're supposed to just like you know, support them and help them shine. And when she told me she had this, like, you know, signed this new lease, had these dreams and aspiration, I just thought to myself, like, well, this is not gonna happen, (laughs) but I really wanted her to help me as kind of my personal board of advisor. I think that's how I looked at her at the time, if I could say that. It's, she was my personal board of advisor, someone I go to for advice, someone who I go to that I trust um, to you know, bounce ideas off. And at the time I needed to hire somebody, even if it wasn't Emory. So I had asked her to help me essentially mm-hmm. to look at the role that I was hiring for and things like that. And one thing led to another. Um, I think that at some point, I think this is part that I would like to pass the mic to Anne-Marie and let her speak nice. on it. What was it that made her realize, you know, that this was an opportunity to align with what she wanted? But that's yeah. what happened.
0: <laughs>
2: How was it from your perspective? Well, I remember the call when Cheryl was feeling really burnt out, and I said, you just got to find someone who loves your business as much as you, because I do believe that those people exist. A lot of people say no one will love or put in as much work in your business as you will, And in my experience, that's not always very true. Mm -hmm. I've had like previous salon managers who loved my business maybe more than me, (laughs) you know, when they were a big part of my success. So we got to talking and the more she was talking to me about it, I realized that I was defaulting back to running a salon because it was comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm good at that. I can run a salon. I can have stylists working for me, give them the opportunity, and then I can teach. But I really missed working with a team and the things that you can build when you work together with someone. So that really made me pay attention to this opportunity. Plus, Cheryl was really generous with finding an opportunity for me that would help me grow professionally and personally, which I appreciated too. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was something new. It was something exciting. It was something that I felt I had a lot of value to bring to help Cheryl like just grow UA in different capacities. So yeah, it was really nice because a lot of times when I've been approached in the past, like even down to like benefits or pay wasn't really well aligned. And that's kind of tricky because we all know how much we can make as a lash stylist. Mm -hmm. And in the corporate world, unfortunately, that doesn't always align. But Cheryl helped me see like a bigger picture of the potential that I could grow as a professional. And that's Mm -hmm. always been very appealing to me.
0: So a year later, um, (laughs) have have you felt like it has surpassed your expectations? Like how How have you grown professionally in the last year?
2: That's a good question. Wow. (laughs) That's a really good question. So it has surpassed my expectations, actually, very quickly. It did. I kind of thought, well, if it doesn't work out, I still have my knowledge and I still have things that I can do, you know? And that's actually something that Cheryl's husband, Mm -hmm. Phil, told me. He's like, if you don't like it, it's okay. And I'm like, you're right. It is okay. (laughs) And Cheryl was really supportive of that, too. And so the words
1: were, What do you have to lose? That's exactly (laughs) it.
2: It was, What do you have to lose? And I thought, Well, nothing really, you Mm -hmm. know? So it has surpassed my expectation as soon as I met our team in person. I was like, wow. And then getting to work with Cheryl and then getting to know the like Untamed Artistry community too. Mm -hmm. That was something really cool because it's very different than any other brand in the industry. And it's extremely obvious to me, Mm -hmm. like being a part how different it is. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, like our whole phrase is "Dare to be different. So it way exceeded my expectations. And then also there's been different challenges along the way that I didn't think we would face. But then other things have been extremely easy, like company culture, being able to talk openly with Cheryl about like things that maybe aren't going so well, even in my own personal performance has been extremely comfortable. And that's what like makes me so happy for this opportunity as well, because nobody likes to get feedback that's hard to receive. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I know that I can come to Cheryl and speak openly with her. So for me, that's been like the biggest like blessing, I should say, of this whole opportunity is just how, well, we've still been able to be friends and have difficult conversations. Right. Because I didn't want to ruin a friendship by getting into a business with Cheryl. That was like a concern to me. I was like, oh, I don't want to lose someone that I respect and love so much. That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So one thing that I find interesting about Untamed Artistry is that you guys have a team that doesn't all live in the same city. Cheryl, no. Cheryl, can you talk about the idea behind that, like, is that just by chance? Do you like it that way? Is it going to stay that way? How does that work?
1: Yeah. I think that like, you know, I've always been somebody who loves innovation and loves technology. And one of the thing about innovation and technology, if you look into industry that's like that, is that, you know, they are usually, you know, remote first. So because it opens you up to a lot of opportunity and it opens you up to a lot of talent that you wouldn't otherwise be able to access to if you stay local. And um, we are, I would say like half our team is local in Vancouver and then the other half of our team are not local. And the reason why we want to structure the team this way has its pros and cons. It definitely has its challenges because Emery and I always talked about how wonderful it would be, especially when it comes to the more creative side of things, if we were all in an office together and we get to like, you know, just whip out some drawing on a whiteboard and start brainstorming together and how convenient that would be, or how convenient it would be to oversee a project if we were in the same room. But at the same time, um, you know, I think that you just, the talent matters a lot and Amory doesn't live in, you know, Vancouver. So I'm just going to have to make that work with her not being in Vancouver. Um, and I think that like, so far it's working out for us just because, you know, we have a lot of software that we use to communicate with each other. And this is something that I think a lot of maybe lash artists or business owner gets like buckle down on in growing their business is that they think, well, I don't know a graphic designer. How will I then elevate my design for my business? Or I don't know an accountant or I don't know somebody because what we think of what we know, is usually local. But if we can just widen our perspective and realize that not only, you know, there's talent all around the world, but there's a lot of platform that, You know get you in touch with the talents around the world then you will realize that yes you may not be able to afford an american graphic designer to help you work on your brand but you can easily go on upwork fiverr or something like that where you can work with an international graphic designer who lives in a country with a different cost of living then you can easily afford pretty great design at a reasonable price so it's all about like widening our perspective and horizon as a business owner. So I kind of brought that. I was doing that a lot when I was building my lash business already. Like I was working with people on, you know, uh upwork quite a bit that were from all around the world. So personally, I was just comfortable with the idea of working with someone that is not local. There is obviously the setup challenge working with someone who's as involved as Emory, who is very far away. Um, right. you know, that's Challenges that we had experienced along the way, and learn how to figure that out. But I really like it, and I feel like we're probably going to continue down um, that row. Uh, the head office would always remain in Vancouver, Canada, because we are a Canadian-based company. But we do do a large percentage of our business in the U.S. So having someone like on the ground in the U.S., like Amory, who really understands. Uh, the demographics there, it's
0: extremely helpful. I just want to take a quick second to thank Gloss Genius for sponsoring today's episode. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to glossgenius.com slash sign up and enter lashboss boss four two two. Now back to the interview. And Marie, you almost having the freedom of working, not with somebody overseeing everything you're doing each day. How has that has that inspired you to be um more driven? Like how has it been for you not having, you know, that environment where
2: you have to be collaborating every day in person. I just do what I would want to do in person for the most part, but try to make it happen online. <laughs> so I'll set up different meetings because I think collaboration is so important. And we're such a lean team, even though we are very thankful for the team we have, that you have to discuss different things together on a constant basis. Otherwise, there can be a lot of miscommunication. And when you work with so many virtual like team members... The ball can get dropped very easily if everyone's not communicating. So like Cheryl mentioned, we have systems in place, but I really do feel driven by it. I've always been driven by seeing other people succeed. And that's something that I love about my role is I get to invest back into each of the different employees and helping them be better in their roles Mm -hmm. and grow and cultivate their own successes as well within the company. So for me, I'm very driven by that aspect of it. And just the way that like that translates into my own success as well is pretty cool.
0: Mm What systems, if I can you know go there for a second, what six systems do y'all have in place so that Cheryl, you feel confident in the team and their performance, and can you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I probably like wouldn't go into any specifics, but I think that you know it's all about um creating s- metrics that you know you are aligned with and know that what you guys are measuring, and then the most, I guess, frequent system that we use is just open communication, setting up meetings, like scheduled meeting so that I can have a oversight into the business. I do have to speak on like the autonomy that I like to give to my team. I think it's a combination of a, I am still, I know that it's been a year now, but if I'm completely honest, I'm still recovering from that burnout. You know, sometimes it takes a really long time. I always said that entrepreneurship is a self-discovery journey. And I think that through the self-discovery journey that I went on, I've opened up a lot of maybe wounds and a lot of um, things that I didn't previously know about myself. And I'm still working through those things. So I have limited mental capacity that I feel like I can fully commit to the business. So therefore I take a slightly more offhand approach than most, I would say, business owner or founders would do in their brand. Um, And that only works because I've found a team that I really trust, that we are absolutely aligned on the vision and the direction of the company. And then um, also, I feel like autonomy is what gives people that motivation and drive that you were talking about, because people want to build something of their own. They want to know that their opinion matters and then being able to see through, you know, their ideas and opinions in an organization. So our main system that we would use is just building out, you know, certain type of dashboard of like, you know metrics that you want to measure and then really looking at that. But I think that anne can probably speak on a little bit more on the system that she built with her team, because what I realistically only do is uh, I, anne and our COO reports to me, mm-hmm. no one else in the team really reports to me and they all, we have like an org chart or organizational structure where, you know, there's manager to each, Team member type of thing. So, mm-hmm. Anne Marie will be able to speak more on that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the way that I think that a lot of listeners will understand it is you can make a really good like relationship or friendship with someone just through your DMs <laughs> on Instagram. That's how I started building part of like my name for myself that you spoke of is that I was interacting with everyone on Instagram. I was sliding in those DMs, starting to have those conversations. So when you work remotely, it's no different. You know, you want to find a system that works for keeping that communication. It can be messaging. It can be video calls, things like that. Because one thing that I was concerned about before I even took this position was feeling lonely in it because it's all through a screen. And that does like creep up every once in a while. But you know, it's nice that I can just hop on a call. And sometimes we just have the call open. And it's like virtual working blocks where we're all working on something different, but we can see each other and we can just be like, hey, I have a question or just like make little jokes, things like that really help too. Because, you know, that's one thing that can happen is you lead to a burnout from just not having interaction with people. You know, you feel like you're just like in calls every day, maybe just like, going through meetings, meetings, meetings. So having that more like creative, fun work environment is really nice. But then I also appreciate being virtual because I can just kind of like, no, no one's going to interrupt me and I can get a lot of work done in a very short amount of time.
0: Wow. I've heard of um, that atmosphere Uh, There's a company called Cave Day, I think, and they do that. You can literally log into a Zoom of random people across the world and everyone's working on something because there's something in that um, it keeps you accountable in a way, like even though no one's necessarily like staring at the screen, like you're (laughs) just like, you know, it's that's so interesting. Um, I actually want to talk a little bit about what Cheryl was saying with burnout Mm -hmm. I feel like I see this a lot in our industry where Mm -hmm. it starts off an artist is polishing their skills and then they go into a different phase and they're building their business, um, which we can talk about that as well. But then they almost always hit a wall and we see people like going from being online a lot and engaging a lot to almost nothing. Cheryl, can you share your experience um, with that, why you feel like this happens in our industry a lot too? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, um, this is obviously just my personal observation and what I think, and it doesn't apply to everybody who is going through that situation but I think that it takes a certain type of people to be gravitating towards this industry. Some of the characteristic that I would say is someone who you know, craves freedom, someone who is extremely creative. And when you're an extremely creative person, it comes with a certain downside because it's just the way our brain chemical works for extreme creativities that it ebbs and flows, right? And when we are not like... We live in a culture and a society that hasn't really taught us or prepped us for these ebbs and flow. You know, we, the society and the culture that we live in today was built Back in the industrial revolution, where it's really about routine, it's about the structure that wasn't really built for the ebb and flow of creativity. And then, so we bring a lot of those beliefs and values into a creative industry like a lash industry. For example, you know, the hustle mentality you know, and, uh, you know, putting, grinding the nine to five or just putting in the hours. And then therefore you will see the results that you see. Not a lot of emphasis on rest, not a lot of emphasis on listening to your body. A lot of the time we talk a lot about, you know, um, IQ, EQ, even, even like emotional intelligence isn't talked a lot about. But recently what I'm discovering a lot, it's called the BQ, which is body intelligent. And that's something that like, We haven't even barely scratched the surface. But a lot of that body intelligence is what the lack of, I would say, the body intelligence is what often leads to burnout. Because burnout is a phase when we're going through when there essentially there's no more mental capacity that we can, like, or bandwidth that we can use anymore for the thing that we are building. So think of kind of like how I would like to think of it is like, think of your, mind and your mental capacity as a battery pack. And everyone has a set limit amount of battery that you can exert in every day and in an extended period of time. And as an entrepreneur, even if you say, I make my own schedule, I only work two, three days a week, or, you know, sounds like, oh, I only work a few hours a day. But one thing that we don't do really well as business owner is that we don't know how to turn it off. You know, so even if you're a lash artist who only lash a couple of days a week, you are thinking about your business. You are showing up on social media. Um, Even when the times that you're not working on your business, you're observing other lash artists and other businesses and how they're working on their business. Or you might be daydreaming about how you want to grow and scale your business. It's a constant thing that's exerting battery constantly. But we all know how to do this because it comes naturally to us, right? You're passionate about something. You're just going to put your head down and you're going to do the work because it's fun and because you know that you're working towards a goal. But the unfortunate part that leads to burnout is that we're not equipped with a charger for our battery. So we don't recharge our battery. So a lot of the time, our battery gets drained and it gets drained to a point like, this is where I get really nerdy, but like to optimize your battery when it comes to cell phones, technologies and your computers and stuff like that. The number one thing is they always say, don't ever use your computer or your devices until it's completely dead. You want to charge it, you know, and you want to charge it to a certain amount, like 80% or 75% and you want to keep it constantly charged. Um, So we come into this society being on like this is really the first generation where entrepreneurship it's kind of this like now kids want to be entrepreneurs more than they want to be astronauts you know so um but we're not equipped with all the tools and which the most important tools is how do we charge our battery and no one talks about this we glorify success in the industry in this industry, specifically what I see all the time is the six figure earning um, mantra, um, you know, the hustle mantra and all this, the whole, if you don't, you don't get it, it's because you don't want it bad enough. All of these values, right. Are constantly basically interfering with us. And every single day we have these self criticism and you, it's almost hard to be an entrepreneur and not at some level have some sort of perfectionist in you. You may be able to work on it and overcome that, but I think that at some point we all struggle with that. And not a lot of us know how to overcome that. And I know when I started in the industry, I pride myself being a perfectionist. I use that as my unique selling proposition. I say that this is why your lash set is so great, because I'm a perfectionist. But we don't understand that simultaneously, we're setting these unreachable bar for us as entrepreneur that gives us no excuse to rest, gives us no excuse to take time off it periodically. So instead, we just keep burning these battery until our battery pack is completely drained. Funny enough is that like, I actually can give you guys a funny anecdote about my laptop. So recently I not recent, not so recently anymore, but like a month ago, I broke my screen on my laptop. And so my laptop was on the whole time. And then it I had no way of turning it off until it just completely drained its battery on its own and turned it off. And it was awful, a really long time. Finally, when I got my laptop fixed, my battery life fully charged laptop would only last about like two hours. It's because I've destroyed my battery wow. on my computer and we do that to us yeah. human beings. And I think that, you know, which is why I'm such a huge advocate for mental health in our industry and especially mental health for entrepreneurs. I feel like, um, you, if you, if I can only pick one niche and one group of people to influence, Um, The group of people that I relate a lot to would be, you know, entrepreneur, aspirational, ambitious women, especially who just don't really have all the tools to kind of keep themselves in their passion in a sustainable way. So it always feels like it comes on really, really strong and then we crash really, really hard. And I was a living example of that. And I'm still recovering from that. Um, And I think that, you know, for those who are listening and there are a lot of signs that you can look out for when you're near burnout is when things are not as interesting anymore. You know, when the things that used to bring joy, like you used to want to show up on Instagram every day and engage with your audience and DM, when your DM start feeling overwhelmed and you start putting it off and doesn't want to do it anymore when you have these goals that you were going to achieve, but then you start having these negative beliefs of like, who am I? You know, I've only been lashing for X amount of time. Why do I think I can be an educator? Like all of this things, it's just, it's not true. These these inner narratives that you're hearing about yourself aren't necessarily true, but they're just your body telling you that like, hey, I'm a little tired. Like, you know, we've been going really hard for a really long time, but I can't get you to stop because... You are obviously not paying attention to me. You're not paying attention to my exhaustion, my fatigue. So I'm just gonna go into your head and tell you some false belief about yourself, so that you can maybe possibly slow down. You know. So, um. Anyways, that was really long,
0: <laughs>
1: long so answer <laughs> for this pattern that you're observing. That I believe why we see this pattern so much. And the funny thing is that you often see these pattern the most noticeable with those who were making the largest impact
2: right you know
1: Mm -hmm. right it's because they burn their battery even harder than the others because you know i think everyone is creative but how much and if you find the right thing that you're passionate about and the right industry and the right path you're going to like take out all your energy and all your creativity on that. So um, COVID kind of really showed us that a lot of really amazing lash artists in our industry who had once built big names for themselves and being the creative one have either exited industry or we haven't heard from them since. And I think it's because COVID was that external factor that finally tells them that like, hey, We have been going really hard for really long. like I'm kind of tired. So the funny thing about burnout is that the longer you decide to keep going and ignore the signals that your body sends you, the harder and the longer it's going to take you to recover from that burnout, which is why... I'm talking to you guys this a year later from like my severe burnout that I can tell you that like my mental capacity is still probably at like 40 to 50% of what it used to be. I used to be able to just sit down and like pump out like captions. Like I remember working with a team member once and every time, cause she was managing social media every time she looks over, she's like, we have to talk about this thing and then I'm like blah 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 blah, blah. she's like <laughs> how do you do that and now if you tell me to come right I would just like stare at the screen and freeze and was like I do not compute like <laughs> you know so I completely um I think relate. that
2: really yeah
0: so- I-, I-, I I yes I could go on for days about burnout. Um, I completely relate. And I notice it's a thing in our industry. And I totally agree with us having similar qualities in our, you know, personality and how our brains operate. And I knew it had something to do with creativity, too, because it was like our most innovative and creative people in our industry. It It has happened to them all. Right. And I think coupled with how our generation is most of us are addicted to our phones Mm -hmm. and a lot Mm -hmm. of us so for me personally i have a lot of instagram handles i have the salon my personal account i did have the lash boss radio account which i did consolidated but i just had literally six six instagrams and i was following a lot of the same people on all of my pages even my personal page was following so i was constantly seeing other lash artists like what you were saying which when you're off you're still thinking about Mm -hmm. work and so I was seeing my employees from this page and on this page I was seeing this lash artist on all my pages and so I'd be scrolling for hours a day either seeing the same content or seeing content that like wasn't feeling good to me and right. what I needed in my time of rest. And so I, I think I also had like a little bit of an addiction to like social media and scrolling. And you see what is everyone putting on their content, how mm-hmm. how well they're doing and this set and that set. And you're like, oh man, I need to take more pictures or I need to post more of what I'm doing all day. And um, it just feels un. Like, you can't keep up. Like, you you work so hard on a post or a reel or something, and then you post it, and then it's like, now it's time to do the next one. And um, anyway, yeah, I, I relate completely, and I'm so appreciative that you're sharing about that. I think we need more of that. And I I would never want to be the person that people are looking at and being, like, feeling less than about themselves. Right. So, like, for example, I posted... You know, me and my son went out for a adventure day the other day. And then I also put, like, right after this adventure day, he did not nap for the rest of the day, which was really <laughs> tough. But we had a good morning. And because I never want to make another mom feel like, well, I just sat at home all day. Right. And I didn't take my son out to do all these things or my child. So anyway, I I love that this is what you got, the message that you guys are sending and also, like, hey, it's okay if you're not making six figures. Um, can you relate at all to burnout? Or have you been there? Because you've had, you know, a team as well, and and you still have a team.
2: So yeah, I've worked for a long time, <laughs> in a lot of different situations. So a lot of my really bad burnout experiences are pretty old, because you learn to recognize them. So you stop doing it to yourself. Uh, I also something that keeps me from having that happen at untamed artistry specifically i could speak on is the team like we recognize it within each other because it's obviously Mm -hmm. something extremely important to cheryl so we make sure that we set our timelines with a little bit of a grace period so that we're not getting that way we start to recognize it within each other we also have mental health days things like that so i try to pay attention to it i try to listen to others in my life who make those assessments about me? And I'm like, "Hmm, maybe it's the way I'm being perceived because I'm in the opposite state where I'm actually having a great time, but I'm very focused on work. So they're not seeing um, much of my like normal personality. Or is it the fact that I am feeling burnt out? Like, what am I doing with my time? You Mm -hmm. know, so I try to pay attention to it. I did feel a weird shift after COVID when all of the people who I knew very well in the industry who were really big and popular, like all that, I would say like 2018 to 2020 influencer group, we all know who they are. When they just kind of all disappeared, I felt like I was just thrown across the room. I was like, what is going on in our industry? Who's who? What's happening? Where are all like the people that like I love? They're not responding to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I did feel that. And so I felt kind of like a secondhand burnout from everybody else's burnout during that time because during that time I was feeling actually pretty okay for the most part so yeah that also probably led into me wanting to work with a team at UA as well
0: wow yeah yeah you're right um there yes there is a lot of us um in our industry that kind of hit that wall around the same time and it was a little bit of a shift and now we see I actually see some, like, younger artists and stuff um, coming up. And a lot of it is through, like, making reels and stuff. Um, Cheryl, you have a girl. Well, you don't make y'all's reels. You have someone else that's kind of, like, the face of Mm y'all's Instagram. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So when I started the brand-new way... Um, I've always knew that I didn't want Untamed Artistry to be the Cheryl Pang brand. As much as I see the value in personal branding, and I think it's extremely important to have a strong face for the company, but I wanted to build a community. I wanted to build a community that was inclusive. I wanted to build a community that also um, realistically gives me a way out where I don't have to be front and center all the time because I knew that at some point I maybe want to venture out to different things, explore different things. And my sense of guilt is so strong that if I was so in in the business where I'm front and center all the time, making all the contents and I'm the face that people see all the time, it would have a very hard time for me to walk away if I were to find something else of my interest, which is something I believe in that like you're not marry to a passion of yours that's today. You right. can change your mind anytime. You can go into a different industry anytime, you know? And so in a way I was setting up this, I guess backup plan for myself, but m- mostly it's because I wanted people to see our brand and see many faces. And the reason that's the main reason why we have Mackenzie as the person who it's more of like the face of the story. I would say like the face of our social media. She creates the reel and the content, and then we also had you know a different person a little while ago, Shannon as well. That was like the face of our reel because. She- Shannon is, you know, a little influencer herself in her like personal life. And she just has that like charisma and that energy that was just so perfect in creating those content. And then the third reason is also because I find so much joy in being able to provide a platform for those who can, you know, spread their wings and tap into their full potential because when it comes to being a solo artist in our industry, you would know that it's very hard to have as wide of a reach as you want to or have a really big platform and have larger resources to try the things that you want to try because you're managing yourself, you're earning the money, the resources by yourself, everything is solo, right? That's why you're a solo entrepreneur. But um, for me, I like doing things, you know, as big as I can and as much as I can. So being able to provide a platform for other people to do that, it was something that just brings me a lot of joy to know that like, hey, if you like doing real, why not do it for a company who you get larger reach to larger audience or you get a larger budget to try different things Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like being able to try all your dreams and your ideas with less consequences because when you're running your own business you're going to think about the return on investment on this reel like am i doing it's so hard for you to just be like i'm going to do this for fun you know because you have to think about at the end of the day am i making money but if you're working for a company, it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get paid regardless this real, do well or not. <laughs> so it re- alleviates a lot of the pressure, I think, for the creative people. Um, and I think that's also another route that, you know, people can explore working with company that doesn't necessarily lead them to burnout. It's because some like, you know, to some extent you can have an off button when you're working in a team because you know that there's other people that is going to be able to carry either is because other people can carry the weight when you are off or it's because you know there's more people you're moving at a faster pace you don't feel as much pressure so yeah that's the reason why we have like many different faces for our company yeah. but Mackenzie right now is like the main one that you guys see shout out to Mackenzie!
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love it i honestly think i i could say that you guys are the first company that i saw doing that um and i do see more doing it now um it's very it's a it's a good move, especially for your own mental health and stuff. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from everything that you were saying with burnout and recovery. And, yeah, it does take a while to recover. And then there would be times where I felt burnt out. And then I'm like, okay, I think I'm good now. And then I would try again, and I, I would hit the wall faster Yeah. the second, third, exactly. time. Oh, exactly. Yep.
2: And that's so discouraging, I can imagine. Yeah, it really is. So um, what would
0: you say are the main things that are helping to pull you out of that place?
1: The main thing that pulls me out of this burnout stage? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's giving myself permission to stop. Giving myself permission to just stop everything and know that like it's okay that you know your business doesn't define you you're not your business isn't your identity um so it's a lot of I think changing that narrative in your head and changing that like you know um filtering those junk value of like you know in order to be successful I have to grind I have to you know be on all the time and those are the things that help changing those language and changing those narratives in my head, giving myself permission, showing myself grace. And then also um, one thing that I think it really helped is I recommended it a lot, like on our podcast, as well as like in my just like interaction with the industry, i recommended this exercise called the fear setting exercise Sometimes I recommend it to people It's when they're afraid to take an action, like becoming an educator or starting a brand or something like that. I recommend them to do the fear-setting exercise by Tim Ferriss. But sometimes I recommend it more often is when someone feel like they can't stop because then everything that they've ever built will then just go down the drain. I also recommend the fear-setting exercise It's just to kind of get them into a perspective to know that like, you know, what you're afraid of It's more of the ideas in your head rather than the reality. So, um, because I know this is something that's easier said than done. You know, it's easy to say that my business will be here, even if I take a break. It's easy to say, but our brain, it's wired in a way where we always gravitate towards familiarity, even if it's toxic, right? So that's why you often see people... I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but you see girlfriends or yourself, maybe sometimes that just like, why am I always dating the same guy? You know, clearly he didn't work out for me last time, (laughs) but I'm still dating him this time. It's because our brain does this thing where we gravitate towards familiarity. It, A, preserve a lot more energy. Like our brain is always trying to optimize right and b is because the unfamiliar even if it's better for us it's scarier and our brains are humans are naturally built with fight-or-flight response and that fight-or-flight response in your body is protecting you right this is why we really need to learn the body intelligence that i was talking about earlier to be able to identify what the intelligence of your body is telling you so it's a lot of like Funny enough, it's a lot of fighting with yourself, but you only succeed when you decide to stop the fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just be like, all right, you win. Yeah. I'm gonna stop and then see how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um if you're in therapy, they talk about this a lot. Like, how does your body feel when you're talking about these things? And you mm-hmm. realize. You might be very disconnected. You might be like, nothing. At first, you're like, I don't feel anything. And can I just tell the rest of my story? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it goes on to like, over time, you start recognizing this situation is making me feel this way. This person's making me feeling this way. Um, Really, it's yourself making you feel that way or your perception of the situation or the person or Mm -hmm. um, the act of scrolling on social media. What is that making me feel? And Yeah. So everything you're saying resonating a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have so many ways of numbing ourselves and being an entrepreneur is the hardest thing because we can numb ourselves for our business and it will feel righteous. Mm
2: -hmm. It will
1: feel good because we're doing something that is building wealth for the future, providing for our family. There's this righteous excuse for us to, you know, to escape yeah. to numb ourselves. So whereas other things are harder, right? Like if you if you're scrolling Instagram for no reason or TikTok or you're watching TV, there's also guilt that comes with it and you yeah. feel like oh that's not right. But if you dive in and just be like I'm just going to work 12 hours a day and run away from all my bad feelings, it almost feels like that's the right thing to do,
0: you know? You mm-hmm. <laughs> know, I'm
1: productive.
0: Yeah. Um I was so I was driving the other day and I thought of this, um, cause now I'm also trying to figure out ways where like I am in this more peaceful state and something I've been talking about lately is not be looking at what's the next goal to meet. Cause that's what I've done my whole career, but more so just notice and enjoy and just like try and find my peace. Um, I was driving and, um, this car was going so fast, but we're at the same red light at the end of, you know, <laughs> at the end of it. And we're like turning into the same place. So all of that energy that you spent mm-hmm. trying to, it's it's the way that like, we're like, I'm so busy. I just have so much to do. And like, you have all these tabs open. You're like, you're freaking out. You're right. frantically working in the name of being productive and mm-hmm. sure you're busy, but like, what if you just did it steady and peaceful and like you you ate lunch and you went on a walk and you went outside and you add all in you know the good things and not just being trying to add on more work and work and work what if like you still got it all done and it didn't mm-hmm. cause you all love of that this. energy you know so i was thinking about that and i was like you know i used to do that like i used to just like pride myself in being busy. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, success, as we were talking about before the episode, it looks different to me now. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what success um, means to you and maybe some advice for artists like not sure where to go next?
2: Sure. You
0: know, sometimes you have
2: to explore to grow. (laughs) That used to be like my little phrase with my Anne-Marie brand, Mm -hmm. but you have to. So it's Okay, if you think, wow, I really want to try a salon. I'm so inspired by Shelby. I want to do it. and you try it and you're like, oh, you know what? This isn't for me. It's okay to turn that off and recognize that you want to go a different path. So I think that's number one is allowing yourself to try different things and find what you like. And to know that just because you like something at one point doesn't mean you will now. You know, like I'm not interested at this time in having a salon again. But if you would have asked me that like five years ago, absolutely. Something that I really enjoyed. And maybe in another five, 10 years, that's something I'll want again. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to pick one career or one part of this industry to stay in for 40 years. And I think that that's like the first thing is figuring out like you can try different things. What is it that you want to start with? And then for me, that's how i define success is being able to learn to grow to try different things i don't want to be stuck doing the same thing over and over and that's one thing that i really like within my position at ua is it's always a challenge there's always something new happening there's always room to learn Mm
0: -hmm. you know like
2: constantly i have a huge long list of everything that i want to learn or that i want to like get into so i can do my job even better right so that's something that I recognize. So success to me is just like that evolution of like growing yeah. and then also having financial stability and freedom to be able to vacation or to say, hey, like I'm going to take a half day so I can get my hair cut, <laughs> you know, like right. I wanted those things in my day to day too. I don't want to just only think about like vacations, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people might be looking forward for that vacation, but I want to enjoy my like everyday life and flow. You know, that's really yeah. important to me within my success and working around people that I enjoy. So that's how my success is defined, which might be a little bit different. But yeah,
0: I, I think that's beautiful. And I think the fact that you guys plan for um, mental health days or just plan that time in advance um, versus like getting to the wall where like you need the break and it's like already overflowing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really wise. Um and hopefully we start to see more of that with our creative people in, in the industry mm-hmm. so that, you know, we don't all get sad and, and burn out and yeah, don't not want to be part of this industry. It's a beautiful industry. It's just yeah. it's very hard on your heart because we're so much we're invested so much in our work and even like getting a like bad review or like, um, something that might come up with an employee or former employee or something. So much of our identities are like tied to like all of those things. It's (laughs) it's very challenging. So planning time and space to find bliss and peace so that those things are easier to tackle because they will come up. Yes, they will come up.
2: And those are the things that just don't really, for me, they haven't stuck with me all these years. Some of the like, interesting reviews that my business has received in the past they're funny and they're like good to share now but yeah. they don't stick with me as like a heartbreak like I'm not mourning them I'm not feeling any kind of like saltiness towards it it was just is what it is and we've moved on mm-hmm. from it you know so yeah we we can't tie our identities to only one thing and I take a lot of pride a lot <laughs> Cheryl knows in my work <laughs> so it is important to me I want to do a good job but I don't try to take Maybe somebody else's like outburst to heart, like a bad review or an ex-employee that I've had who threw tweezers at my face, you know, <laughs> things like that, that I'm like, oh boy, what <laughs> did I do? So I start reflecting. But then at yeah. the end of the day, you recognize that sometimes it's not about you. So as much as you're trying to fix the situation and try to make it better and like over-accommodate this person, the situation that happened wasn't even about you, mm-hmm. right? So that's been like a big lesson I've learned along the way too. Yes. Anything to add, Cheryl?
1: (laughs) No, that was really good. Like, I think the only thing I want to add to that is that that growing journey that we often think about, like, I think a lot of people think of growth is like this linear graph where like you just constantly move forward. But recently I've learned this concept is that growing and learning, it's a course groove, right? So it doesn't actually get easier. You just get deeper, you know, so it will always feel like there's a point of lightness where you're like, oh, I discover something. I now have this new, I guess, capacity to like, accept new knowledge, but then you will run into something that's harder. And I think Amory and I align on that where um, for those who always try themselves and saying, like, I love a challenge it's because you love that journey of that course group where mm-hmm. it gets easier, but then it gets harder. Because if it was constantly easy, like you wouldn't really find as much joy in it. That's and where I uh, burn out
2: more, I think, is if things get too easy.
1: Because <laughs> 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 then you're repetition, right? Like yeah, you're just in this repetition inspired. where you're not inspired. Yeah. Um, to me, I think that like, I think of success. It's not like, what you have but it's how you feel Mm -hmm. if you can start defining success and asking yourself that when i'm successful i feel x you know and then start if we like having goal is not a bad thing at all like i don't want to make it sound like in order for you to be a happy peaceful human being you just have to relinquish all your aspiration and ambition that is not true at all But I think that like, you know, it's changing what you're chasing and what are your goals. And so if you start defining like what would how would you feel when you're successful, a lot of people would realize that A, maybe you're already successful. Like and you don't even know it. Or that success isn't like maybe and or maybe you're going down the wrong direction, that you realize, wow, like doing all these things that I'm getting the things to have is actually taking me away from how I want to feel. You know, so I was watching um, this comedian special on Netflix yesterday because he passed away and he did like his last special during COVID um, on one take in front of a computer screen. And he's extremely successful. His name is Norman something. I don't remember his last name. I feel terrible, but even at his you know, status and achievement and all of that. And then he's end of his life. And he's just like, I'm not happy. Nobody is happy. But I think if he defined it success as I want to feel peaceful, I want to feel content. I want to feel loved. then maybe he wouldn't have as successful of a career, you know, as he would, but maybe he will find more success and like happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. So true. Yeah. I think it's great that you've um, gone through this journey, Cheryl, right before your baby is born, because mine started after. Um, that's really special. And I feel like it's going to um, be really awesome whenever your baby's born and you have all of those like um, realizations already and lessons learned and stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Oh, okay,
1: <laughs> Yeah. I can then fully enjoy, you know, my experience. I'm I'm extremely excited for motherhood. Like, I feel like that is the new journey that I'm excited to go on. And like, you know, I maybe have to also do this exercise with myself and ask myself, like, what would it mean to be a good mother? Um, Like, how would I feel when I'm a good mother? You know, so Mm -hmm. instead of like, what do I have to do to be a good mother? Right. I'll try that exercise. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Yes. Well, um, is there anything new on the horizon for Untamed um, that y'all can share? I'm like, what's new on the
2: horizon?
0: <laughs> well, I actually recently started working with you guys because, yeah, I am in the pro- still in the process of opening our store in person here in Austin. Um but yeah we just started carrying y'all's
2: products and I'm really excited about that. Oh, so we're so happy to have you. Honestly, it's amazing. I think mm-hmm. it's great too how you're bringing in just that option for everyone to like touch, feel, see and explore that way too. That's super important. And we, you know, recently hosted um, the Untamed Awards, which was like a competition that anyone could enter free of charge. And a big part of it was it doesn't matter what brand products you use, because we recognize Mm -hmm. the beauty of all the different brands in the industry. And of course, we hope you like ours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we do know that there are some really good wins within some of the other brands. So I think that that's really cool where everyone can find their own personal stylist identity. Mm -hmm. by what you're setting up. So we're so happy you reached out to us.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I guess like this, the thing that I would say is that like UA is going through a transition phase right now. Like, you know, we are, as you guys can see, we're slowly rolling out the rebrand and there's a lot of things that goes along with the rebranding. Um, we are glowing up and growing up. So I think it. it's more one of those things that like not, nothing like, you know, that we can just tease and just be like, this is in the pipeline, look out for this. But more just kind of, you know, I would say, If you align with our brand values and you feel like this brand speaks to you, it doesn't matter if you buy our product or not, because I think that you can get a lot from our brand, whether it's on our social media, just kind of looking at the knowledge that we share because we are trying to disrupt the gatekeeping of knowledge in our industry or listening to our podcast. Our podcast has wide ranging of conversations between giving you actual tangible tips and tricks that you can apply today, or it's one of these kinds of conversations that it's the less talked about, but yet very real behind the scene of, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur in our industry. And I think um, just also hearing people with similar experience as you and sharing their story makes you feel a little less lonely as well. And that's what a community is for. And I think that, like I said, whether you buy a product or not, this is a community that I feel like if you can find a place for yourself and you find a sense of belonging, stick around because you know, we have a lot to offer and we want to grow with our community and we love our community. And also, we have a lot of fun too. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, I really appreciate y'all's authenticity, openness, um, just this genuine feel that y'all's brand gives off. Um, I think y'all seeing so much success, um, since starting really speaks to how much that was needed for our industry. And, um, I'm so excited that you guys mm. joined me today and we had this conversation. I feel like it was one of my favorite episodes, honestly. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Shelby. If anyone wants to
2: find out more about Untamed Artistry, where can they go? So the first place that I'd recommend is our Instagram page. The handle is at untamed.artistry. We also have a podcast called The Untamed Podcast. You can find the link to that in our bio on our Instagram page too. So that's probably like the first place to go. There's so much educational resources on there. And then our website is untamedartistry.com. Perfect. Well, thank you guys again so much for coming on today. Thank you for having us. It's been amazing.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Thank you, Shelby, for having us. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for giving me this opportunity and this platform to kind of like speak to your audience um, about the things that I'm passionate about. So thank
0: you so much. Of course. Thank you. Before I let you go, I just want to let you know that I am teaming up with Lashcast, Paul, and Tessany, and we are going to be throwing a party in Vegas during IBS. So, It's going to be on Saturday, June 25th from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the Blanca Penthouse at the Sahara Hotel. I'm so excited to do this. Uh, There will be limited capacity though, so make sure to head to the link in the show notes to buy your ticket.